Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The national debt, a house of cards, and classified documents. What do they all have in common? Of course, we're talking truth or fiction Tuesday. I'm Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oni, and this is Critical Thinking. Good Truth or Fiction Tuesday to you all. Like I said, I'm Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oni. You can follow us at The Coppins Show, at The Pat Oni Show, on your favorite social media platform of choice. Do not forget to subscribe and hit that thumbs up on the Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, where you can watch our show every single Monday through Friday. And of course, always the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, download all of that wonderful goodness. And, of course, we have just a very simple message for you. Tell one person over the course of this week, one person about this show. That's all we ask. Tell one person about it if you are a lover of critical thinking. Because we are, for the second year running, the number one critical thinking podcast in the world. Believe it or not, that's a real thing in a real category uh, that people track. So we are proud to be the number one critical thinking podcast in the world. And what better way to celebrate that than a truth or fiction Tuesday, Pat? By the way, before we get into it, um, quick question. Was it the Bengals win that had you like going off the edge in a long celebration this weekend? and, And that's why you missed yesterday's show? Or is it just that um, your your stomach is a little bit uh, weak? Or, could, or could, could it be both? I mean, I had some stomach issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would say I have a weak stomach, and I don't know that I would say that I was on a long celebration, if you will. I mean, I, I guess I, if, if we're being honest, I was probably on a longer celebration than, say, you and your Packers were. Oh, so now you're a Bengals fan. You traitor. I still like the Ravens. That would be like me saying, I also like the Vikings. That, yeah, that, well. that, that can't happen. 
Those two things are incongruent with each other. Meh. Oil and water, Meh. they don't mix. Meh. It's like it's like growing up where, where my my folks would say, well, we'll root for the Bengals when the Browns suck, which is virtually every year. What if they sucked at the same time, which was virtually every year? Yeah. Just just asking. All right. All right. With all of that out of the way, folks, it is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. So I have a very simple, simple question for you, Pat. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, why don't you go ahead and start today? Okay. Well, I think my very first truth or fiction. Well, actually, before we get into this, I want to ask you a question about uh, something I talked about on yesterday's show because I'm curious okay. as to your opinion. Um, okay. I don't know if you saw this story of Gianno Caldwell uh, from Fox News and going to a coffee shop or, well, a coffee shop and bakery in, in North Miami, Florida. Did you see the story? Um, is, is this the one where he and his friends were, got kicked out? Yeah, got kicked out for, for being conservative. Well, sure. For yeah. Whatever the case was, was there. Yeah. Okay, so truth or fiction that business had every right to do what they did. I mean, the libertarian part of me wants to say that that's truth. Okay. Um, for the sake of, yeah, they, they could do what they want. They can, they can serve whoever they want. And then we can vote for with our dollars and say, screw that business. And then let the market take care of itself. The other part of me says, well, if we're going to have a standard where we must serve everyone, then that would be fiction, and you must serve this person. If if I have to give up my my rights to, to cater to, well, bake the cake, bigot, then you must service every freaking conservative out there. Okay. Yeah, I because I, I came down on the side of exactly your point. The the libertarian in me comes out and says, yeah, go ahead, because I have every right then to never, ever, ever, ever spend a dime, let alone a cent. Right. right. Of my money in your business. Right. Which is where I lean. On, because what do we know about what history says about businesses that are owned by terrible people? They don't do so well. Mm -hmm. Eventually, once they're found out to be terrible people or terrible business practices, right? The the right. word spreads throughout the community. And today, you look at what took place. They, on Sunday, announced that they were going to start their quote-unquote winter break a week early because they were – because they take a month off for health and wellness, apparently. Okay. I mean, if that's what you want to do as a business, go for it. Have at it, Hoss. But they took a week. Uh, they took it a week earlier because they didn't want to deal with the consequences of negative Google reviews and "quote unquote" harassment. And also, they they claimed eugenics uh, conversation around Roe versus Wade. And I would love to know what the conservative eugenics position on uh, Roe versus Wade would be. Uh, that's a great question. I'd like to know that too. Because I'm pretty sure there's only one person in the entire conversation of Roe versus Wade that uh, believes in eugenics, and that would be Margaret Sanger her ilk, and those who support Planned Parenthood. Now, yep. that having been said, my my thought here is that this is also 
great because this is also an example of how do you shine a light and don't do business with people who insult you. What what was he doing going to this place anyway? This place has a reputation very clearly for BLM leftist activism. This is not an unknown thing, right? Like this mm-hmm. is the reputation they put it out in front of you online. What what were you doing going there in the very first place? Because again, don't do business with people who insult you. You don't need to get there's thousands probably of coffee shops in North Miami, Florida, and probably hundreds of them serve quality food and would love to take your money because they don't care about your politics. Or maybe they have differing politics than you, but they don't care about that while operating their business. It's just that simple. Um, But the other part of me wonders if creating these parallel economies is creating even more division, and I don't know if it will work to keep this country together. And here's why. Because the people that we are attempting to isolate and and shine the light on don't believe in the same rule book that we do when it comes to a social contract. No, they don't. They so, don't. That's why I said what I said, too. Yeah. So I see both sides of this argument, but at the end of the day, I just came down with the, the simple fact that it's very, very easy for you to take your dollars. And then the other part of this for me is notice that the business didn't kick them out until after they ordered, after they got their food, after they had paid for their meal, right? At any point right. in time during the actual conversation as it was ongoing, did they stop it? No. They waited until they got their money. And then kicked him out. Congratulations. Real, real, uh, real hardcore there. Uh, it, you know, so I, I, I just, this story the story bothered way, me from multiple perspectives because also you are not a member of a oppressed class of people. Is it true that black conservatives inside the black community are ostracized? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That is true. By the but way, it didn't a- happen he, in this case. This didn't happen because of that. This, this is not Jim Crow South. This is right. any business deciding to do that. And at the other, the other part of this, Pat, is as a conservative, we can't make the claim that that uh, the masterpiece cake uh, shop can't exercise its religious belief system, right? And then suggest that this business can't do it either, right? Exactly. That, that that's kind of where I where I was going with it. The, the other thing too, I mean, if, if this, if this restaurant took their money, that's mm-hmm. incredibly hypocritical because if you oh, are, yeah. if you were standing on principle, right. Yep. And, you, and you don't want to service this kind of person or whatever the case may be here, kick them out in the middle of the meal. Yeah. You kick them out and you give them their money back. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that that happened in this case. I could be yeah. wrong, but I haven't seen any indication that the money was returned. All right. So with that out of the way, Pat, it is time for our very first truth or fiction statement of this week. And it is, you can see it on your screen now, the national debt doesn't matter. The national debt doesn't matter. You know, I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't talked about this one before. 
Yeah. And there's a um, reason I brought this up because we're coming up against the quote unquote debt ceiling and right. we hit $31 trillion in national debt. Right. And so my my question to you again, Pat, is the national debt or the statement is the national debt doesn't matter, truth or fiction. See, I, I, I could interpret this a couple of different ways. Okay. And and within within the those few different ways, I, I could give a slightly different answer than the other. Okay. Are you holding on this? Are you giving up your man card? No, no, I'm I'm not going to hold. I'm I'm not. You know, I, I, I'm not Todd Erzin, um mm. on this one. So, um, I'm going to go with fiction that it it does matter. Okay. Um, and. I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm caving to my own bias on this one, and I'll, I'll, I'll be flat out honest about it. Like, like this is, this is totally me being completely biased, and, and the way that I would look at this. The national debt's going to matter because it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next year. It could be years from now, for all I know. And we've been saying this for a long time. What happens when our debtors come to collect? So if you think it doesn't matter, and then that national debt, I mean, that national debt is falling on what? Our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren at this point. And I mean, great, it's great future generations. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's, it is future generations that this is falling on. And so what we're doing is if our, if our debtors, especially our enemies, ever decide to come and collect like uh, China, then um, – we're in, we're in a world of hurt, and that is not okay. It, look look at it like this. You owe the bank some money. That bank comes to collect. You can't shoulder that burden. What happens? Okay, let me flip that statement on its head, Pat. Huh. Have you ever tried to take multiple tens of thousands of dollars out of your savings account? Or your checking uh, account? No, no. Good. Mm-hmm. So, what happens when you take? Let's say you want to take fifty thousand dollars. You've got like a hundred thousand dollars in savings, right? You want right. to take fifty thousand of it out. Uh huh. The bank doesn't have fifty thousand dollars in cash on hand ever. Right. So what happens? Do you see the point? Oh, I see your point. I do see your point. Both sides of the equation are screwed, right? Right. And um, you know, I, I saw a video this this weekend, and it was this um, this real estate investor who made the point with with his bank because he's got multi millions of dollars wrapped up that he went and dropped off a million dollars in cash one day because he wanted to to prove a point. He shut the entire bank branch down for the entire day because they didn't know what to do with a million-dollar deposit. He put it down, like, in the slot, right? Like, he put a million dollars into their little thing uh, or their deposit, that safe deposit overnight, right? Put it there on purpose right before they were going to open, and then they told him, you can't deposit that amount of cash. You're a bank. What do you mean I can't deposit a million dollars in cash? And then he said to them, well, guess what? I'm getting on a jet here in 20 minutes, so you're going to deposit that cash. They 
they did. They just shut the branch down for an entire day to do so. Our banking system is fragile. That is that that's the point that I'm 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 hopeful that you understand. So and and I think I think that's why the national debt matters is because the banking system is fragile. I mean you're you're right. Like like going into a bank and they don't have that kind of money on hand. I mean they don't have the bank vaults that they had back in the old days, right? I mean, <laughs> right, where they like, literally were keeping everybody's money in a vault. Right. Right. It's 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 basically electronic currency now. Right, because what they're doing is they're taking your deposits in either even if in your checking account, your savings account, um your mortgage, right? And that's becoming a leverageable asset for them. We don't need to go into the banking industry itself, but you need to understand that at a very basic level, your money is not your money in so much as you couldn't get to it if you needed to today. If you needed to pull all of it out for an absolute emergency situation, you couldn't do it. So on a larger scale, could we do that? Oh, hell no. Okay. Okay. So do you have any more thoughts? Obviously, you believe this statement to be uh, fiction. I mean, just going back to the point of if 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 we are as fragile as we think we are, and I I truly think we are, okay, then then it's gonna matter. It, it may, like I said, it may not be tomorrow that it matters. It could be years from now when okay. it matters. Okay. So I'm going to say no to your statement, and I'm going to say this is truth. The national debt does not matter. And here's why. How long have we been making this argument, Pat? Oh, I mean, it's been years. 30, 40, at least 30 years. My, I, I let's mean, put it this way. Since, since the era of Ross Perot in 1992, so let's back that up. That's 30 plus years now. Since yeah. the era of Ross Perot in the 92 election, so 91 to today. That's the argument that we've been making. Okay, so, so, uh, so here's the thing. I see that point, but I have a question to that. Mm-hmm. If if that's the case, and if this is truth, then what does it matter what we spend? And, and I'm getting. I'll get to that in a second. Okay, because there's a difference between national debt and spending, and, and I'll get to it in a second. But my larger point is this, Pat. If if the argument that the the conservative economic crowd has been making for 30 years now is that 5 trillion is unacceptable in national debt and we're going to default 10 trillion 20 trillion 25 trillion 30 trillion didn't give a shit right that's five different every single time we've hit a benchmark a a blowing of the the record number out of the water, right? Every time we've done it. Has anybody cared? And and here's why I think it does not matter. Because realistically, the only time it matters, to your point, is when somebody wants to try to collect on it. So here's the rub with this, though. The only time that that will actually matter 
is if we are no longer the world's fiat currency. Because what is China going to do? Go at, attempt to collect our, on its debt, right? And they only own about 4 to 5% of our debt. It's not what they used to own, where they used to own almost 50% of our debt, okay? They have leveraged themselves away from our debt. But let's say they they take that four to five percent, that five percent of our debt, right? What are they going to do? We're the fiat currency, right? We're the 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 payment will come back in American dollars. If if they were to do that, what would happen? They would tank the United States currency, thus making that four to five percent of thirty-one trillion dollars even more worthless than it is right now. See, the only point in time that this is going to matter, and this is why the international economics versus uh, national economics battle actually matters, and why the United States is on the wrong side of this. In so much as, what if we're no longer the currency? That is the only time that our national debt is going to matter, because now we are no longer the fiat currency of the world and the dollar is less strong than it was before okay but, but is that and so when coming? people go to collect on it pat mm. our 31 trillion dollars could become 60 90 100 trillion dollars in the new currency that the world is taking on and we're screwed at that point you are correct but right now prove to me at any point in time where our national debt number has actually physically mattered we hit, we don't care about it. We we've spent, we've saved. Remember the late nineties, right? The one good thing that happened out of the contract for a uh, contract with America and the negotiations with Clinton and um and Newt Gingrich was a balanced budget. We ended with a surplus on paper. You can make the argument that it was only on paper, but that's fine. At least we're getting there, right? We ended up with a budget surplus at one point in time, just less than 30 years ago. But over the course of the last, since we got off the gold standard, right? Our debt has never mattered, not once. Because if it did, they would take steps to make sure to shore it up. They would. Instead, the, what, what benchmark level are we screwed, right? That's the that's the question that I I have for you. Doesn't seem like anybody in the world cares, right? I like I said, it, if 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 I'm correct, it's going to matter in the future. It's not going to matter in the present. So right. I guess I, well, okay. This so is why Pat, said, so Pat, I here's here's the, the question that I have. Mm. So here's the question that I have for you. I just gave you the example. Mm. It's going to matter in the at what point? A hundred years from know. now, two hundred years I, from now, fifty years from now, a five years from now? Because I, I because know. here's what I'm here's here's my point, Pat. Mm. For the last thirty years, that is the argument that has been made that in the future, 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 at five, at ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty trillion dollars, at every single benchmark, we have been mm. told that that exact argument that you've made has been made. That if right. we get to 
if we get to $10 trillion in national debt, this country is, is screwed beyond belief. And, our, and we, we can't do that for a few. We blew past that. We blew past 15. We blew past 20, 25. Do I hear 30? Do I hear 35, 40, 40, 40, 50, 50, 50, 65, 70? Right? So, okay. So my, my counter argument to that, Pat, is for over 30 years, what's the future? I don't know. I don't right. know. So, what... so again, does that national debt actually matter? Well, to to the point that you made about our our currency, if you ever want to take down America as a superpower, and I firmly believe that that things like the World Economic Forum do want to see that happen, I think you will see a a fallout of our currency. See, I don't think the World Economic Forum actually wants to do what you think they want to do there. What they want to do is make the U.S. dollar Mm. or whatever currency, right, the international standard, right? So the World Economic Forum would have no incentive to to take the U.S. dollar away as the recognized currency right now. There's no incentive in doing that. The incentive would come later on. Right. like I said, I think all I th- I think it's going to take someone or some entity in the future to do it, and it's it's for me it's not a matter of if it's when, and and here this is the thing about the argument though because I I said up front that I could make this argument either way on whether it matters or it doesn't. I, I It depends on how, what angle you're looking at this from. Yeah. And, and, and I want to be clear here. I'm not making the modern monetary theory argument that right. the national debt doesn't matter. So we can spend whatever we want to spend as long as right. X, Y, Z happens. I'm not making that argument because I find it fundamentally flawed. The argument mm-hmm. that I am making is that we are the world's currency. And until that thing changes, our national debt doesn't matter one iota. If it did matter, we wouldn't never have gotten to $30 trillion. The last 30 years of history, right? That's my point, Pat, is that the, the argument that conservatives have been making for 30 years is that $5 trillion or 10 or 15 or 20 or 25, right? Like an auctioneer, right? Right. Okay. My argument, my point is that we have been making this argument that there's a magical point in time where there's that tipping point, right? There's going to be this tipping point that happens and, and uh oh, except for we continue to not care about it. We continue to balloon it. We continue to run deficits. We continue to spend like drunken sailors. What is it now? What three, $400 billion have gone to Ukraine. Well, look at our defense budget explosions. Look at all of the things that we've spent money on. Uh, right. Two point one trillion dollars here, a trillion here, nine hundred billion here, seven hundred billion here. Da, da 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 da. We can go on and on and on and on, right? About all the spending that has gone on outside of budgeting, right? right? So, I'm looking at this from the perspective of we have been making this argument for thirty years, and at no point during that thirty year period has the national debt actually mattered at any point in time. Could be, what, what is what is the ramification of our national debt right now? Nothing. Literally, it has nothing to do with our recession. It has nothing to do with any of it. Now, 
I agree with you that at some point in time, if that rug gets pulled, we're screwed and we need to protect against that. But that is a different argument than we have to the the argument, the the false argument that the team GOP has been making for 30 years. It's a false argument. You can't go 30 years making the same economic argument because we've already seen not one, not two, but now three, count them three economic ebbs and flows. The dot-com boom and bust, right, of the right. 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. the housing crash of 2007, eight that lasted until about 2012, right? Right. And shockingly, a recession, it's almost every 10 years, if you pay attention, we're going to ebb and flow. That's how a capitalistic economy works. That's how the world's economies work. So we've ebbed and flowed in and out of economic boom and bust, regardless of where we are in our national debt. At no point in time has that been a driver of anything. Now, I will say this. I, I think there could be a tipping point when it comes to one thing and one thing only, Pat. Social security. When that, if that goes insolvent, right? Where do we turn? Are we going to continue to just pump trillions of dollars back into trillions of dollars into the economy year after year after year after year, like modern monetary theory tells us that we can do? No. Right, because we've already seen the ramifications of printing eighty percent of our money over a two-year period. Right, we literally decided to put ourselves into a recession. We did it to ourselves. So I'm looking at it from this perspective: if it truly mattered, if it really truly mattered, number one, we would never have let it gotten to this point. And number two, it would have had already massive ramifications because if you can't wrap your head around this, Pat, it will take five generations, okay? So you, let's say our grandparents, parents, us, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. If we were to all make a million dollars every year for the rest of our lives, we still wouldn't have $30 trillion to make up, okay? I, 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 you cannot possibly fathom how much money this actually is. So I, I just fail to, I'm looking at this from the perspective of have we been making this argument and has it actually had the consequence that we've been telling the American people it is going to have? No. It should have already had this consequence. That's my point. There should have already, over a quarter of a century has passed. And it hasn't mattered. Could I be proven wrong? Absolutely. But I absolutely believe our national debt does not matter. It only will matter when our politicians are actually going to pay attention to it. And it will only matter when somehow, some way, some shape or form, the rest of the world no longer buys our debt and flips the currency standard. That's the only point in time. And do I see that happening at any point in the lifetimes of me, you, and our ch- our children, maybe even our grandchildren? Nope. I don't see that happening because everybody 
knows the house of cards for the entire world will come crashing down. Man, I hope you're right. All right. Well, so with that, though, Pat, I think it is time for us, I don't know, to play a little bit of the B or not the B. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So today on the B or not the B, the headline is EU approves delicious cricket powder to be mixed into various flowers for you peasants. EU approves delicious cricket powder to be mixed into various flowers for you peasants. And while you're thinking about that, um, make sure you go to our friends at coffeebrandcoffee.com where crickets are not part of their grinding and uh, roasting policy. So go to our friends at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com. 5% off of your purchase there today with the promo code Critical Thinking. And folks, we emphasize this all the time. Stop doing business with people that will insult you. And that's from the right or the left, because there are, are businesses that are advertising all over right-wing media with the with the expressed hope of hoodwinking them into buying their product. And they are far left activists themselves. So again, stop doing business with people who insult you. Start doing business with people who care about producing quality products at a good price. And that is coffeebrandcoffee.com. Coffee without the politics. Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code Critical Thinking for 5% off of your purchase today. All right. Do you need the headline one more time? Yeah, one more time. EU approves delicious cricket powder to be mixed into various flowers for you peasants. So they're, subscribing, the to the world, so they're subscribing to the World Economic Forum of You Will Eat the Bugs. Um, no idea. I feel like I saw this somewhere. I'm just trying to think if this was the Babylon Bee or not the Bee. But I think for funsies... For funsies, I'm gonna go with not to be. I, or this sure? is most likely this. This is most likely the Babylon B, but I'm 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 going with not to be on this one. Just just for funsies. Oh boy, you are correct, my friend. It is oh, crap, not are you the serious? That's right. Really right. You will oh, eat crap. the bugs and you will like it. That's right. This comes from a tweet from Ev Eva Vlarden. Vlardinger broke because, uh, you know, our friends in the Netherlands can uh, make hard names. Anyway, in two days, an EU regulation will go to into effect. Now, this is from yesterday or no, two days ago now. So today, an EU regulation is going into effect that allows for Acacia Domesticus, a.k.a. the house cricket, to be added to flour bread pasta as an authorized novel food for the general population. They're literally wanting you to eat the bugs without you knowing it. What? This is disgusting. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are certain bugs out there that are a great source of protein, but still, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Now, you might want to know what the hell, how, how the hell did we get here? On July uh, 24th of 2019, the company Cricket One Limited, the applicant, submitted an application to the commission, so the European Commission, for an authorization in accordance with Article 10, uh, Paragraph 1 of Regulation EU 
2283 to place Acacia domesticus house cricket. Partially defatted powder on the Union market as a novel food. Yep, partially defatted powder. Hold on a minute. There's a company that specifically does this. Cricket One Limited, which means they are likely a um, a UK-based company because I think that's how that, that goes. But there's more, Pat. <clears throat> the application requested for partially defatted powder obtained from whole Acacia Domesticus house cricket to be used in multi-grain bread and rolls, crackers and breadsticks, cereal bars, dry premixes for baked products, biscuits, dry stuffed and non-stuffed pasta based products, sauces, processed potato products, uh, legume and, or legume or legume or whatever. And vegetable-based dishes, pasta, pasta-based products, whey powder, meat analogs, soups and soup concentrates or powders, maize, flour-based snacks, beer-like beverages, chocolate confectionery, nuts and oil seeds, snacks other than chips, and meat preparations intended for general population. Translation, they are putting this stuff in everything or attempting to. There's no real studies on the health effects, by the way, including allergies of eating cricket powder. The elites just really want you to stop eating beef and chicken so that they've decided they're going to you're going to eat those critics crickets or else. Um now mind you, at the World Economic Forum last week, we got um the um AG of Siemens right telling us that if a billion people would stop eating meat it would have a big impact. Not only does it have a big impact on the current food system, but it also inspire innovation of food systems. Yes, the advocating of a billion people to just stop eating meat from Siemens. Now, there's a bunch of jokes in there, I'm sure. But, 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 and they're still not done, Pat, because in order to address the authority's recommendation, the commission is currently exploring the ways to carry out the necessary research on the allergenetic of Acacia domesticus. Until the data generated by the research is assessed by the authority and considering that, to date, evidence directly linking the consumption of Acacia domesticus to cases of primary sens uh, sensitization and allergies is inconclusive, the commission considers that no specific labeling requirements concerning the potential of Acacia domesticus to cause primary sensitization should be included in the union list of authorized novel foods. So they don't have conclusive evidence so they're just going to err on the side of shh. Where, where have we seen this idea before? Oh, wait. It turns out we now are having multiple medical studies that show us that uh, the jabs are not just uh, useless. They're um, potentially poisonous for people. Isn't that fun, Pat? Isn't that fun? All right. <laughs> now, now that you are considerably uh, shocked and awed here, Pat, it is time for um your first critical thinking statement, right? Uh, you mean truth or fiction? But yes, yes. Oh yeah, truth or fiction statement, and it is. The Biden House of Cards is tumbling down. Truth or fiction? Truth. And here's why. why. 
So over the weekend, right, we got wind of not the first, not the second, not the third, but a fourth, a fourth group of people going in to the Bidens and finding classified documents, right? Are we up to six now? I no, we're, we're up, up to, to four. Six. Up to four? Okay. Yeah. Where where would the other two have come from? I, great question. I, I For whatever reason, I was thinking we were up to six, but no, we're up to anyway. four. We got yeah. the, the, the pen. Um, China hiding money uh, place, right? And then right. the first known uh, thing from December, then another one, and then this weekend, the FBI. Not the Department of Justice, okay? Not um, people associated with the special prosecutor, but the actual FBI, Okay, the people who raided Mar-a-Lago, right, went in and found more documents. Okay, if this were just them, um, if this was just a routine, we're gonna make sure that we check everything. It would have been done by the somebody, some lackey in the Department of Justice. I know the FBI is part of the Department of Justice, but they've got people that would have done this. Okay, they would have had people from the National Archives there and away they would have gone. What would have been why waste the FBI resources for this? Right. Thirdly, on this, Pat, there's another spot that they need to start looking. And and Ted Cruz brought this up over the weekend on his uh, podcast, The Verdict. The. University of Delaware houses some 1,850 boxes of material that they're not releasing to the public, right? What are in those 1,850 boxes? We know that there are multiple locations where classified information has been found. If that is sitting under in, at the University of Delaware, is that a problem? Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the University of Delaware will not release this stuff to the public, or to Congress until Biden is two years out of uh, public office. And they didn't release it the last time because when he got out of public office, right, as the vice president of the United States of America, that was 2017. By 2018 or 2019, he had already announced a run, right? Yeah. Okay, so there we go. All right. So the point of all of this is that we're seeing not just the National Archives, we're not, you know what I mean? We're seeing all of these these layers to this story. It's like an onion being peeled backwards. And it's not just that this is a classified document situation. It is that as this is happening, Joe Biden's approval rating is dipping to its lowest point ever. This just as more people are or the economy is allegedly getting better, right? The signals of the economy getting better are there. Now, we do see mass layoffs at big corporations, but you can argue that that is trimming the fat and the bloat that these yeah. companies have had for probably about seven or eight years, right? Okay. So, and most of those people are going to find jobs because we have low unemployment, like unemployment, 
unemployment so low that it's actually a problem in some respects because we don't have enough people to fill the jobs that are coming onto the marketplace, especially in tech sectors and la la la. Right. So I'm looking at all of those 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 signals suggesting, huh, despite the better economic news for the vast majority of people, despite the housing market kind of stabilizing, although we do know that the housing market um actually performs better in recession than it does not in a recession, by the way, which is ironic. Um the only time that, that 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 didn't occur, that appreciation of home prices didn't occur, uh, was during the one time that the housing market was the cause of that economic strife. That's notwithstanding. The, the whole point of this is that the American people have little appetite for what Biden has been producing for them, right? They, they don't like what they see. And then on top of it, we're seeing issues with his transparency. We're seeing issues with um, his flippantness about this issue. Corinne Jean-Pierre is absolutely cringe on this issue. Um, the amount of pretzels that they've twisted themselves into not answer questions is unfathomable when it comes to this. And if this was truly just a political hit, right, we would have seen Merrick Garland not go the route that he went. You know what I mean? Like we're setting out special prosecutors. We're raiding and raiding and raiding and taking and taking and taking and more and more and more is being found. Um, We see the Biden team, you know, his personal attorney getting out this weekend and, and admitting to the FBI situation. And now we're finding documents that are not just from his time as vice president. We're also finding handwritten information from his vice presidency, which is the property of the National Archives, by the way. And then we're finding out that it's stuff from his senatorial days, which is highly illegal to have been keep keeping like like not even like. Not even like a misdemeanor style or minor felony offense, we're, we're talking about stuff that would go under the Espionage Act. We are talking about stuff, depending on its classification status, that would bring up treason charges for some people. I'm not suggesting that it, that's what's going to happen here or that that would be provable because it's a very high bar. But we have no idea, Pat, if these documents that are coming out are from 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago. We have no idea. He was in the Senate for 40 years. We're talking about he might have documents from the 70s, from the 80s. We don't know if there's our sources and methods documents. What the hell is there? We have no idea. I firmly believe what we're end up what we're going to end up finding is that most of these documents are not inno innocuous. They're there on purpose. They're there on purpose because this is their attempt to hide information that would have been damaging or outing of the Biden crime family. That's firmly what I believe. I could be wrong, but that's firmly what I believe. And the American people are looking at this from the perspective. It, 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 even people that I talk to here in Chicago that are staunch Democrats, what the hell, man? Like, you can't on one hand tell us that Trump is the devil because of this and then have even worse situations at hand. This isn't ignorance. This is absolutely negligent. Okay. This is absolutely negligent. And more importantly, this is becoming a pattern. 
right? This is something that was long ago established as precedent for how Joe Biden handled and his team handled classified information. Oopsies, I just had classified information for at a minimum the last seven years just sitting in a freaking box in my garage. Oops, the toopsies. No. That's the flippant attitude that they have. And the American people, nah. And, and you're seeing Dick Durbin go out there, right, this weekend and talk about how he no longer has the moral high ground. That's the third highest ranking member of the Democratic Party on the legislative side. Next to the majority leader of the House and the Senate, and then the majority whip in the Senate, which is Dick Durbin. Literally, everybody is running to the shore instead of swimming in the water with him. <coughs> to, to to your point, I, I agree with you that this is truth. And to your point, if my thing is this, if if this doesn't make the House of Cards come tumbling down, nothing will. But to your point, this this should. And per investigation, because the House is already starting to investigate this, right? This should bring forth articles of impeachment, should it not? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we have to go through the investigatory process here. Of course. Um, and and yeah. figure it out. But um, mm. I, I don't disagree with you that there should be the potential for that to happen. And, and the thing is, is like, I think if 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 this you know that they conclude you know in the investigation that you know this is impeachment worthy and that you know he shouldn't be in office anymore um and that he what he did was wrong because you can't indict a sitting president right correct correct they can't criminally um, do that the only the right. only remedy is impeachment impeachment so so you go through the impeachment process i i think you're going to see a lot of bipartisan support for it you have to yeah, especially in the makeup of the Senate right now, when you've got Joe Manchin, you've got Kirsten Cinema, who's an independent. Right. You've got a lot of people who are independent-minded that will likely go that direction. Look at the, what they did with the um, narrow, almost veto-proof of the uh, pulling of the emergency authorization, the emergency powers, right, uh, right. from COVID-19. It was 62 to something, right? And if they would have gotten to 65, it would have been donezo for Biden vetoing it. There are only three votes short of that. So there's a lot of support for some bipartisanship. I don't disagree with you there. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Um, you know, a lot of the investigatory situation is going to have to happen in the House. Now, had this been a Democratic-controlled House, I don't know that we would have seen the House cards no. come tumbling down. No, And, no, and I, I talked about this yesterday on the program yeah. here because – on one hand, do I really want Kamala Harris with the levers of power because she be dumb for real so dumb, right? Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, the Biden crime family and the senality, it, you add up the totality of things that are going on there. And I don't know that I want that anywhere near levers of power. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, and yeah, the I'm, thing I'm taking is, dumb for a year and a half. That can be neutralized by, you know, by uh, Congress taking its job seriously. All right. So with that right. being said, though, Pat, um, let's move forward because we got two more uh, to go. So let's take your second one. Okay. 
Uh, truth or fiction, if Trump wants to win the nomination and the presidency back, he must take accountability for his role in the jab. Yeah, and I've made this argument. This is truth because I've made this argument almost ad nauseum. That's It is his only path, and I mean only path, to beating a Ron DeSantis in the future. But here's the problem with this, Pat. Donald Trump attended uh, the funeral of Silk, right? Diamond and Silk fame. Diamond and Silk, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the groups that really kind of pushed Trump to the forefront early on, right? Um, They were kind of like the the darlings of the MAGA movement, kind of the the poster women of it, right? Silk died and... A lot of people believe it's because she believed in and got vaccinated and boosted. Um, in fact, he was confronted to his face at the funeral in the eulogy, okay, in the eulogy at her funeral, right to his face. And what have we talked about, right? The, the theme of this show is confrontation this year. You can't get more confrontational than literally looking Donald Trump in his face and saying, how dare you have done this to us? And it's not so much that the jabs didn't work, okay? And and I've said this a thousand times. Look, we tried. They didn't work. They, they failed to stop transmission. They fail largely to prevent you from getting sick, with the exception of you might have a modicum of possibility within three weeks of avoiding getting sick, okay? But that's still a failure, okay? And then we also know the evidence is starting to turn on stroke, on heart issues, on all sorts of issues that are being created by this jab, okay? When I look at this, what happened with Donald Trump's response, Pat? To, uh, to being confronted right. at Silk's funeral this weekend. He he played it down, did he not? Yeah. He not only did he play it down, he attempted to know or claim that he's not going to take confrontation from somebody he doesn't know. Wait, what? What? Wait, 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 wait. You don't know the individual making the argument, so the argument's invalid? Oh, hell no. So you want to talk about a house of cards coming down. I, I, unless Donald Trump, here's how, here's how I would advise Donald Trump on this situation. Okay. If I'm looking at this, I'm going to go on Fox News. If they would have me, I don't know that they would anymore, but I would find the largest media outlet that I could possibly find. And it's going to be an hour long Maya Copa session. And I'm going on there and I'm going to admit my wrongs. I'm going to admit that unfortunately Operation Warp Speed didn't work the way that we wanted it to. I was taking advice from Burks and Fauci and others. Okay. I am here today, given the preponderance of evidence, I'm also not just admitting that I was wrong. But given the preponderance of evidence that I see in front of me today, I can no longer stand behind 
everybody getting vaccinated. My stance has changed. I believe it to change. And I'm talking about that inflection point, right? Whether that's data, whether that's, um, you know, data and relatability, right? This is a perfect opportunity. If not now, when, right? That would have been the perfect opportunity to have said, now I understand the consequence, right? Right in front of me, somebody who supported me to the end of their life, literally to the end of their lives, sacrificed basically themselves at the altar of, of MAGA forever and uh, Operation Warp Speed, that whoa, 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 maybe it's time for us to back off. I mean, this is truth for me as well. And and I, I actually was going to go down the diamond and silk, well, silk's funeral as well. Um, and with the whole eulogy and such, he needs a, um, shall we say, a come to Jesus moment um, and really, truly take accountability for what happened because this happened under his watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, his presidency is ultimately how we got the vaccine in the first place. Um, so it he, there must be some accountability there. And I think if you're going to truly win back the trust of the American people, especially if you're going to win back the trust of, say, like independent voters, you you have to take accountability for your actions. And But here's here's the problem with all of this. I don't see Trump doing it. I don't think his ego can handle it. I don't. Um, You're right that he should go on and do the whole Maricopa thing and and be done with it, but he won't do it. Maricopa, put it out there, show that it's not just a political move, that there's some sort of heartfelt change. Um, He won't do do that, though. Right. We both know that. So he's dead in the water as far as I'm concerned. But you you are correct that this is truth. The only way that this works is accountability. Why? Because the other big name in the room right now, but the other potential names like a Christy Nome, right, that could enter the race, or yep. even a Brian Kemp. Even though I have my druthers with that because of his attendance at the WEF this past week, but well, then you also have Nikki Haley that that's exploring the idea. Yeah, but Nikki Haley was on Team Wait and See, right? Right. She was not. Right. My, but my point is that you've got other people like Kemp, Gnome, and DeSantis here who took evidence and had an inflection point. Gnome and Kemp really never got on board with lockdown forever, right? Right, right. Okay. And they, they they have that argument in their favor, right? And and Ron DeSantis was paying attention to what the federal government did, and then had that inflection point, which is widely known, right? And, right. and and changed his course. He can do what do, he can prove what Donald Trump should have been doing by now. So the the point of all of this, Pat, is that whom are the people going to be trusting on this issue? It is the number one issue right now for me in the primary, potentially. Yeah. That's coming. I think up. it's be the number one issue for a lot of people. Right. And, and I I think you're going to see that play out. And it I think has nothing I, to do with the the jab itself. It has everything to do with how government works with or without yeah. it. Right. Right. In all of these things. So I take a look at it from that perspective, Pat. I really firmly believe that until that accountability happens, he's dead in the water. And I don't think he'll ever allow his ego to go down on this issue. I think he will rather go down with the ship than admit he was wrong. I think I think COVID largely killed his uh, second term. 
all in all. And then I think it's largely going to kill his chances of becoming the Republican nominee. Yeah, it very well could. Yeah. Um, so with that having been said, Pat, um, here is my final uh, truth or fiction for today. The Trump-Biden classified doc scandals prove we need an overhaul of how classified docs are handled, period. Truth or fiction? Truth. And I'm going to I'm just going to put it this way. It, I think this is a example of we need more transparency and less classification. That and, and it's 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 time to take off the kid gloves of how the government treats the American people. The American people are not stupid. We're also not fragile either. We can take it. Just be honest. Um, you want our support going forward? Own your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you've done wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell us tell, and, and be honest about it. And then maybe, maybe depending on you know how severe it is, maybe you'll be forgiven in the end. Maybe, maybe that's the the course you run. But you want to be transparent, and because how many how many administrations have claimed that they're 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 so transparent in the last thirty years now? Right, every one of them. Every one of them. <laughs> I'm and, more and transparent. So, no, I'm more transparent. No, you're more transparent. Right, right. So, so my my thing is this: is like, why don't we try actually being transparent for a change, and doing less classification? I absolutely think this is truth. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is truth. Um, and to that point, Pat, I, I firmly believe what we actually need out of this situation is that. We have to change the rules of classification and and how classification works and what can and can't be classified. And we need to overhaul all of that. And it needs to start from a rule of, is this going to get somebody killed or not? And that's it, right? So like we need to protect the names of spies. We might need to protect the methodology that we're using or technology that we're using. Okay, that's fine. But outside of that, everything should be fair game. The American people should have a right to be able to see, to be able to verify, to be able to to um, put their arms around what's going on. And more, and more importantly, this goes to the accountability of our government, right? If we knew, if we knew half of what we knew about the 1980s, right, and all of the um, coup d'etats and all of the puppet uh, governments that we were creating in Central America and in Africa and in Europe and elsewhere, right? I, I think we'd have a very different perspective of the CIA, right? They don't want that. And by they, I mean the bureaucrats. By they, I mean the deep state. They don't want that because all of their shit would be laid bare. We need that reset. We need that understanding of where we exist right now. That's the accountability, right? How do you hold unelected bureaucrats accountable? Transparency. That's how you do it. So I agree with you 100%. We need more transparency of our, not necessarily national security. We need more transparency in our our secrets, if you will. I, I just, we can handle it, right? Hey, by the way, this is what was going on. Or... Or whatever have you, but in classifying what I mean, Area 51, right? Like, 
why are what what's going on with that? Like, seriously, we, we can't handle it. Whatever it is. We we were doing something weird. Okay, cool. The JFK situation, right? With the CIA. Why is that still being declassified? You know, why is that not fully declassified? Why are these things happening? Even if it's something that was historical, right? Hey, this happened. We don't need to know the here and now because that that's just not how accountability and transparency work, right? But we're not getting that. And more importantly, the issues that we see around Donald Trump and and Joe Biden, and I guarantee you other presidents, right? And classified document this and classified this, and that maybe this isn't classified anymore because I don't want it to be classified. Let's err on the side of giving the American people as much truth as possible while also looking at it from the perspective of, is this going to get somebody in the field right now today killed? If that's the case, we need to classify that document or classify this piece of information. Otherwise, this should be readily available via a FOIA request, right? The American people should be able to go and take a look at what their government is and isn't doing. That's the accountability that we need because you can't expect Congress to do that. Congress isn't doing it. They're not doing their job. Somebody needs to. And I argue that if the American people have that transparency, to your point, they will handle it. We, we're big people. We can handle anything you're going to throw at us. We've done it time and time and time again. We won a war we were never supposed to win. Not once, not twice, but also the Civil War. I mean, you know, we, we've overcome so much as a, as a country. From literally the very moments of English settlement here to today. So I, I just look at it from that perspective. We, It's not just about how we handle classified documents. It is how things can even be classified. We have to be serious about that to the point where we have to look at our actual law, right, on classification. Just like we need on immigration to literally burn that to the ground and start new. I would argue that's where we need to go with this classified document situation. We need to burn the the concepts to the ground and start new. All right, Pat, any final words for today's show? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And you will eat the bugs. Will I? Will I, Pat? As always, make sure you're smart. Make sure you're kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.